Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. And I'm Skylar Sokol. And uh, today we are going to be changing up our normal format. Switcheroo. Switcheroo. We are basically doing a shorter podcast. Yep. We're going to make our podcast shorter in the effort to provide a more condensed value nugget to you, the listener. Um, more focused. More focused on more focused topics as well. And so on that on that note, the topic this week uh, comes directly from a book called The Art of Game Design, a book of lenses uh, by the... Phenomenal Mr. Jesse Shell. The book is awesome if you are even remotely interested in the world of game development, especially if, you ma- if you're making your own game, definitely check this book out. Yeah. It is uh, so good. Anyway, the way the book is written is essentially look at the process of making a game through a variety of lenses. One of these lenses is the lens uh, that he calls the venue. So I'm going to actually going to read directly from the book to introduce it. Uh, Jesse says... The thing that makes specific technologies come and go from our lives is as old and persistent as humanity itself. The mistake that we make again and again is to focus too much on the existing technologies, which though new and shiny are ephemeral, ephemeral, and to forget to focus on something so familiar as to be invisible. The places in our lives that we use those technologies. I like to call these venues. It takes a bit of a mental shift to look past the technologies we use and instead to see the patterns of how we use them. But it is a good exercise as it helps us to give in- it gives us insight about the past, present, and future of gameplay. So uh, he calls out a set of venues, a variety of venues, private and public venues. But the one I want to focus on is a private venue called the Hearth. Um, which I would just summarize as being the central place in a household that uh, family or household members commune uh, regularly, whether it's like a living room uh, table in the central place in the household where everybody comes together. So I think board games are really applicable here. Um, So anyway, the hearth venue. And uh, I wanted to focus on essentially a couple of games that I, a few games that I thought do a phenomenal job in this venue. Uh, and they come from our good friends at Nintendo, uh, Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers, and, uh, you just threw out before Mario starting Party. Mario Party. Yeah. Um, one interesting, like, kind of perspective, I think, in designing games for that are generally played in this, you know, by this kind of demographic or in this venue, uh, is the fact that the kinds of people that take that, play games here um can many times vary widely in their skill right yeah our experience with video games yeah just you can have uh the guy who plays every day two hours and the mom who never plays video games ever but this is a special occasion and she's playing with the rest of the family right? right so yeah um it's i think it's pretty remarkable that given that constraint and that complexity uh, these games are so much fun, right? Yeah, no, it's true. And in those situations, those games are fun and situations where people d- don't want to care at all. They're fun and situations where people want to like care a lot. They can be fun. Like these games are so flexible. It's pretty astounding that they can accomplish that in this setting. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, for example, Super Smash Brothers can definitely be played in a competitive setting. I'm thinking more along the lines of the kinds of modes you'd play in in this sort of a situation i mean i play smash competitively in the hearth all the time with friends sure, and i do true. it same with mario kart too like i don't know we take mario we're sweaty 
dude. Yeah, we play our, I, I take guess, our game seriously. I guess right? if everyone there is sweaty, yeah, sure. Yeah. You know that that would of course be fine. I'm thinking of, like given that first scenario where you have people sure. different situations. I think those games have interesting mechanics and design elements that like make up for that skill range, right? So like taking Mario Kart uh, as an e- as the easy example, just the way the items, the random items and their uh the the percentage chance you have of getting for example, Mr. Bullet, who just blows past mm-hmm. 100 feet, or the whatever star, uh, changes depending on your position in the race, right? Yep. Well, yeah, and uh, based on your position in the race, also different items last different lengths. So, like, passive items like the star, for example, is way shorter if you're in first place than if you're in last place. Uh, the farther forward you are, the less good items you get. Like, first place, I think, can get, like, a coin or green shell or I think there's one other thing they can get, but it's, like, banana? very limited. Yeah, banana. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's these kinds of mechanics are very interesting for sure. Yeah. And, and if you're thinking Smash uh, in this kind of a scenario again, so like not in a more competitive setup, uh, you have the items and what I would just consider more dynamic maps that you mm-hmm. can play on um, that I think sort of, you know, introduce randomness into into the picture, which uh, which is a is to the i'm trying to think of the negative it's a negative for the good player compared to, like, yeah, yeah if you want to if you want to close skill gaps like this is the thing people do in board game design all the time you add randomness right like randomness is the great equalizer in a way right like doesn't matter how good i'm playing if you get a pokeball and it's like a lugia <laughs> yeah. i just die right like and i think yeah and i mean that's totally correct right that skill gap is narrowed and Assuming everyone's there to just have fun, like I, I think that's great, right? It works right. out perfectly. It lets people who don't know what they're doing have fun. It lets people who do know what they're doing try and have fun. Now, what about Mario Party on that front? I mean, Mario Party is all randomness, yes. right? So you're just accepting going in that like it's going to be like a fest of randomness. I mean, but it has mini games, right? Which are yep. generally skill based. Although there are mini games that have elements of randomness. randomness too. So I think Mario Kart, Mario Party, does a good job of providing like players who want to play skill based gameplay, like. A part of the game for doing that. Granted, that part only has a partial influence on whether you actually win Mario Party or not. But I think if you're going into Mario Party trying to win, you may have the wrong mindset. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I actually think in that context, it's interesting. The more, like you were saying, the mini games not being completely random is sort of a breath of fresh air against the randomness of the rest of the game yeah and i mean that exists in smash and mario kart too right like in mario kart you have drift mechanics you have like stage knowledge you have lots of things that are like skill-based elements that give you a slight advantage like i mean actually i think mario kart may be one of the worst games at this of the three because i think if you're very good at mario kart you can get first place like 99 maybe 90 to 99 percent of the time like, I, I think it's very easy against lower-skilled players in Mario Kart to do extremely well almost 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Smash, with, like, items and all that, it can be a lot harder. And same with Mario Party. Like, Mario Party, it's, like, impossible. Like, you, like I said, you could win every single minigame, and there's no guarantee that you will win at all. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's in, Yeah, for that reason, I do you think it's more frustrating to play Smash if you have this competitive, like you want to win mindset against other people, like do items and moving maps drive you more crazy than, uh, well, I don't know, Mario Kart. Um, 
I really like Smash with items. Like, I don't really mind. For me personally, like, okay. I'm down to play it. Like, because I know you no like items, play, Fox, yeah. Final Destination, whatever bullshit. <laughs> but I'm also totally down to play like items, stage morph. I love that crap. Like, I'll play that any day too. Like, I really don't care. I think Smash is just such a fun like toy essentially to play with that like it can be anything and it's fine. And I don't even really care about winning just because you try and you can do cool such cool things. Um, I think Mario Kart and Mario Party are maybe actually worse for it because Mario Party may be the worst of all of them. Well, they're pretty similar because like Mario Party, if you're good, you just don't win. But I think if, like I said, you go into it accepting that because you know Mario Kart. So maybe is the most frustrating because Mario Kart, like I said, I think if you're skilled, you can win the majority of the time, which means that the times where you just get effed over by like three red shells in a row, red, the blue shell, and then like two AI throw red shells at you. And then your friend zooms by and you're just like, okay, this is like my (laughs) life now. Yeah. Uh, I think rubber banding mechanics in general, like can elicit this from, from people too. I think people generally, at least in in non hearth games, frown upon rubber banding mechanics. And it's interesting that I think in the hearth, these mechanics are way more acceptable because of this reality. Yeah, there's a different expectation of the experience, right? Right. Uh, like you said, you it Mario Party example. You play, you're going into Mario Party because you're just going to have fun with some people, right? Right. Uh, and actually, another key thing they all have here is that they're all designed such that you can have four or more players playing locally on the same screen. Yeah, which is super important, right? Like, yes. that's such a hearth necessary thing. That's why Smash added eight-player Smash, yes. which is, like, complete madness. Like, if you're actually trying to do things, like, you can't go into that trying to do things. Yeah. You just do what what's happening, and I can it's attest. still fun. Yeah, we leverage it regularly here when uh, that whole group comes over, and they we play at least six people. Right. You know? So... Uh, to your point, it's crazy, and that you're going into the experience with that expectation. It's just like let's just screw around, right? Yeah. Um. Now I think there are other elements, little that I mean, there Nintendo's just good at this in general. But the, for example, the kinds of things that you can do, like the kinds of items you can pick up, for example, Mario Kart when you're far behind, um, are really readable, I guess, even by a normal play it's easy to enact it like you hit the thing you press a button and then there's a bullet that basically drives right, you or the star it, it literally drives you. invincible increases your speed Increase, the yes. like i would say like the, the ink, gold the ink squid right just, just like affects yep. your opponents you don't deal with that lightning same thing yep um meaning it's easy for them to get into right. the game they're even better rubber banding mechanics than just like then, giving the back people more something like just more of something it's different things that are more catered to I guess people who are less skilled are just behind in that race. Yeah, because then if you think of like Smash, you got items. You get, especially now with like the, there's a ton of items now right. compared to like the older versions. Um, it takes a little bit of understanding how to use them. Like you got the home run bat. You got to know how to kind of do the side A. No, yeah, Smash does not smash. have a low skill floor. Like that is actually, I think, one of the weaknesses of Smash in a hearth setting. I do not think Smash is an easy game for someone who's never played games to pick up way harder than mario kart and mario party like yeah i agree way harder Um, because i've played it with people who don't really know what's going on before and they like i've seen people have literally no fun playing smash just because you you have to know how to jump at least you kind of need to know how to recover you need a basic idea of how to play smash before you can really have fun with it unlike mario kart because everyone knows like how to dry like hold a button and steer right and mario party where like it tells you exactly what you're doing before you play every mini game and then you're rolling a dice so you know what's that? Oh my gosh! You know what's another one? 
What? On these Halo. So on no, the old... Wait, 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 wait. Are you kidding me? So on the older... We were talking about Nintendo. On the, you had to talk... You, were, you almost did it. The thing that you, that set me off was that you were just talking about how like it's hard for Smash. Mm-hmm. And it, you play like the older Halos when we used to do split screen. You play that with a person who doesn't usually play Halo. And it's very difficult to play the standard Halo and understand. But one thing that we would regularly do in that context is everyone gets rockets right or everyone gets swords Uh and everyone gets like gravity modifiers right so smash kind of has you can do that with smash too right like you can change it so like your percentages into the game are different right uh well you you can add handicaps like handicaps exist in the game but i think generally people don't do that like i don't think people i agree most people don't do it it's it's definitely more of a thing than just being like we're playing rockets right yeah um but that's a that's that's valid. I, I I guess I would agree. The mo- the majority of people I usually play Smash with have played it at least a little right, bit. Exactly. Um. So I guess I don't usually run into that issue. But but I mean, yeah, maybe that's the side. I mean, and I would say Smash is the least hearthy of these games, right? It's played in so many other contexts besides the hearth. Whereas Mario Kart and Mario Party are True. almost exclusively hearth games. So yeah. that could be a. Another reason why Smash has maybe broken out of the hearth so much because it has more than that and this like different skill curve. Yep. Uh, you alluded to board games. Yeah. That some board games. You want to bring that up a little bit? Um. Because uh, you said some some board games do a good job of introducing randomness to account to to sort of make so, it a little more fun. I personally think that randomness in board games is almost always horrible. Really? <laughs> yes. And even in the hearth, like I can. There are plenty of board games that have... Well, okay. There's, like, different types of randomness, right? Like, there's a difference between, like, using a deck of cards to randomly draw things and, like, a game where rolling dice and you get lucky wins you the entire game. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm way more interested in the first one where you're, like, drawing cards randomly. And that kind of randomness is fine. But honestly, in, like, the good, what I would call party games or, like, casual board games, the games you play with people who don't, like, want to play, like, a yeah serious board yeah, game yeah. are are very good like hearth games for sure they're they're games that either don't require you to have like you don't have to like problem solve from a board game perspective you're just doing something some fun activity basically right like charades is like a classic example of like a hearth board game right like people have done that forever and there's tons of board games that have taken that concept and adapted it um yeah i don't know i think i mean board games are almost more hearth than video games and at this point like with the re-rise of board games they're essentially like have replaced video games in the hearth for a lot of people i think um like generally if i'm in a hearth setting i would play a board game with people before i would play a video game with people um just because i can play video games online with people anytime right yeah no that's interesting i uh i don't i like like i said before i like never play board games but one board game that we did play i consider board game right is uh the mind, mm-hmm. remember? Yep, uh, and that was, that's a, a good a hearth board game for sure. Uh, another, I, I think part of the reason why, because I played it with my brother and sister in law over in Boston. They oh. definitely don't play board games, oh, but yeah. it's very easy to understand. Yeah, basically, the concept is that you're just trying to put cards in order from one to a hundred without talking. Without talking, yeah. And there's like a few more mechanics, but it's basically just that simple of a concept. And a lot of these casual party games are just like that, right? Yeah, highly recommend it. Really, really fun. Time. Mind is very interesting. It's a very polarizing game in my experience. And I'm um, similar to like we were talking about modifiers. Some of our the most fun I've had playing uh, the mind was when we bent the rules a little bit with these like i was with my brother-in-laws and 
they so in that game right everyone is dealt a, a set of cards you don't see what everybody else has and you're trying to read each other's minds on what right. to place next right so we had it's like a scenario where somebody had put like 20 down right and so we, none of us wanted to lose a life so nobody was we were all kind of looking around and somebody well, the other guy was like okay you guys got a 30 and we're like no he's like 35 we're like no so we're kind of like fi- figuring Cheating. it out and then he's like 56 like he was like 30 35 56 and we all had like a ton of stuff in the middle so we, we like cheated and oh, lost anyway shout out to jeremy for uh that's that was, amazing that was well executed that's really funny yeah there's like it's interesting too because now that i'm thinking about like hearth-based board games there's like totally a similar aspect of it to a lot of these games because that's a cooperative game right yeah but then there's competitive like hearth board games casual board games there's team-based party board games and these are like reflected in like smash modes right like mm-hmm. you can play on teams you can play a free-for-all you can play on bigger teams right there's like yeah. all these extra modes like smash down which is like my favorite thing about the new smash smash down that's where um you have the entire roster and every time a character is picked it is removed and you go until like the whole oh, roster okay. has been played that's and cool yeah it's really fun um i think it would be i generally do it like 1v1 so it takes forever but like you do it with four sure. it's like so fun because you just you get to you just play all these random characters and it's super good um but yeah i like i think the the cornerstone of like a hearth game is that it's just like a fun experience that has like a lot of variety built into it right whether that variety comes from randomness or just from like a breadth of modes or like a breadth of situations that can occur like the mind, for example, right, is very simple, but there's so much situation, so many situations that could just occur that will be really satisfying. Yeah, it's pretty clear that on all of these that are fun on a, for a wide range of people, it's very easy to jump into. Like Mario Kart, very understandable, right, right. To your point, like Smash, less understandable. Uh, shoot somebody with a rocket, understandable, right, right. Point and aim, roll a dice, and then like yeah. you know. Press your A button as fast as you can. Like, put put the next card down of the higher value, right. right? Yeah. So, um, so anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, did were you going to say something else on the board game front? No, I mean, I, you know, I could talk about board games for hours, but I'm going to resist. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. I th- I think, uh, like I was I said in the previous podcast, local multiplayer experiences are my favorite, yeah. and have actually remained that way, um, even though I've. I've kind of enjoyed. I've I played more single player experiences before, and blah blah blah. Now I've I've consistently always enjoyed local multiplayer experiences the most, um, and I think there's that element of the game sort of being aware that it's enabling a fun, sort of almost outside of itself, right? Yeah. Um, and I think I think another obviously again nintendo but like a lot of the wii games were just outstanding on that that's like why the wii is such a successful console is literally built exclusively for people to play games together in their hearth and like bringing out more elements than just sitting there playing a game right like it fostered like more so much interaction and just like families enjoying the people in the hearth enjoying the other people they're with rather than necessarily only enjoying the game they're playing yeah i think that was intentional and it I, I was just yeah. super well executed. I agree. And I think one insight from that that I, has been bouncing around my head in this conversation is I think this lack of local multiplayer games and this like lack of people playing games in person together as much may be one of the reasons why, one, board games have come back in such popularity, and two, why people like watching Twitch and YouTube so much. 
Because I would argue in some ways that like watching someone pl- stream a game on Twitch with people in chat and stuff is essentially it's a hearth experience there. in a way, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's a hearth experience with a lot more people involved, but it's sort of a, is evoking the same thing, right? You're like sharing something with a bunch of other people. You're all experiencing it. You're doing real it at the same time, time. right? Real time together, yeah. whether you're playing or just watching, like regardless, like you're just with people in this setting. And maybe the hearth is moving to this like virtual space almost in a way. Yeah, from a video game perspective, and then from and then board games are sort of coming back to replace it in some ways. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't play a lot of it. I don't play any of it at all. But like the VR experiences that are available, a lot of them sort of have a similar kind of feel, like casual, like that's true, like VR chat, that kind of those kinds of things. So be interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe that comes back in in that format. I I don't know if I'll. It's it's definitely not uh, nowhere near as rich and. I don't like it not nearly as much as the actual experience. Totally. I would always games. rather play a board game right. or like a local player video game than watch yes. Twitch. I mean, granted, even though that's a nice activity to do when you just want to chill, but yeah, I actually think those those streaming services sort of being also available in those kind of contexts. Like if Twitch, if you could only watch Twitch on your phone, I don't think it'd be the same, right? The fact that you can stream it sort of everywhere, it's right. it, it is uh, is part of the reason why it also can enable that. And there's this like community experience, right? Yep. That's not yep. that wasn't present before. Like when people used to watch YouTube, when YouTube first came around, like there's the comment section and people even like that, like internet forums even yep. are sort of like a hearth almost experience, right? That's from a long ago. And that's just sort of evolved into like Twitch being like sort of the pinnacle of that hearth moving to the internet kind of experience, I think. Yeah. And content creators and influencers, I think sort of in that way also have, are kind of like the, the, the manifestations of a community like like re- representatives of is is the way it feels it's like you you support a certain content creator you watch a lot of them and you somehow feel that because through them your voice or somehow is sort of being represented in the community or towards the developers or whatever you know what right. i mean or that you just like have an interaction a real interaction with the streamer or with people in their community right and you probably do yeah. have some sort of real interaction with these streamer and these people in the community so uh cool i yeah. uh any last words on that front no so i i wanted to fin- finish it with a another quote from the hearth in okay. here for, by jesse shell i think it's, it's a cool way to wrap up this idea um so here it goes he jesse says when new technologies arrive, people are quick to suggest an end to the hearth. Uh, the end of television or the end of game consoles is often shouted in the press. And surely, yes, the way we enjoy stories, songs, and gameplay in the heart of our home will continue to change and evolve. But the hearth has been with us since the dawn of humanity. Don't expect it to vanish anytime soon. It's pretty cool. I, yeah. I think what you said about board games is is to that point, right? Yeah, totally. It's, it's interesting. Technology evolves, streaming evolves. Even this, what we're talking about, how streaming somehow it gives you that same sense of feeling. And yet this really raw local experience, uh, multiplayer, whatever, gameplay experience yeah. arises, right? So Totally. And until our entire families are just holograms which are projected into our brain, our hearth will probably still be there. That's right. <laughs> well, well, we'll probably just have like digital hearths. I mean, yeah, at that point, probably. that's basically what that is. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, please give us feedback on what you thought of this episode. Did you enjoy it? Did you prefer this to the longer form episodes? Uh, you can talk to us. Uh, you can find all our links at our website, kokoalaentertainment.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter 
and Instagram and TikTok at ko koala underscore ent for entertainment ent. Yeah. On um, our on our website, you can join our Discord if you want. Get in there. There aren't very many people in there, which means you can talk to us very easily. Yes. Please jump in. Skylar will talk to will you talk to forever. Anyone. Yeah, yeah, for yes. sure. I will even play games with you very likely if you are interested in that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, give us some feedback. Let us know what you thought. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you next time. See you. Goodbye. <laughs>